where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We're back with some indoor fun. Indoor fun with uh, Jimmy and Johnny. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy and Johnny. That works. Yeah. That works. <laughs> what about a good way to segue into the episode? I thought it was. Yeah, I think it did a good job there. <laughs> this is, of course, Season 8, Episode 19, Indoor Fun with Sammy and Robbie. Yeah, and it's a fun one. I, I enjoyed this episode. 22nd of February, 1990. Directed by Andy Ackerman, written by Fief Sutton. Fief Sutton, I think, has established himself. I mean, he's producer on this season as well, I believe. Good old Fief. He's a firm pillar of the Cheers legacy, I'd say. Yes. I like the pun of last week's episode, James, in the title. But yeah. Indoor Fun with Sammy and Robbie, that, that, that sets out a, a good precedent, I think, for an yes. episode. Kind of know what we're in for, don't we? Let's go into the cold open, because this week we get a fully written cold open, James. There's no music to be had. Instead, we get the uh, the tales of a father who's finally got three hours of consecutive sleep since the birth of his son. Yeah, I bet Barry would uh, co-host Barry. I bet he'd empathise. Yeah, you've got the you've got the wrong co-host today, I'm afraid. But I'll try and I'll try my best, James. Oh, John, what are your kids like? Oh. I'm a, to be honest, I'm a bit like Cliff in this situation. <laughs> Cliff just trying to weigh in even though he's got no right to. <laughs> yeah, I think it, when someone goes, I haven't slept much, most people will just go, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like regardless of whether it's to do with kids or, or like your radiator's broken, you know. <laughs> Cliff says, ah, yeah, that's the reason I never had kids. And that's then not the reason. He <laughs> Norm looks at him and goes, the only reason? Really? Really? <laughs> really? Which is a great back and forth between them. It's a lovely cold open. It is, yeah. And uh, of course, of course, the joke being, there are many reasons Cliff doesn't have kids. We saw them all on a Jeopardy board once. <laughs> <laughs> Stamps of the world. <laughs> it does mention things like overpopulation, which I know is a thing, but... I don't know enough about it. I'm not going to I don't know if it was hot hot topic back in the 90s now, in the 90s. I just think Cliff is talking his usual nonsense. <laughs> the thing with Cliff, and we've said this before, that sometimes things he say have one thing which might have a grain of truth, but everything else is lies. <laughs> <laughs> a whisker of truth, I think you'd say. Yes. Wow, we'll see what, what else he gets up to in this episode with his antics. But as we go into the main part of this episode, as the episode would suggest, we're going to be focusing on two people mainly, Sammy and Robbie. And they're very much the A plot and their rivalry, which is exciting. It is exciting, yes. We find on early doors that Robin and Rebecca uh, have booked the day off to spend it together. Not really sure why Rebecca's in the bar at this point because of that. She's not actually lives there. But <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing here then, Rebecca? my ironing i'm getting wooding to do my ironing maybe she lives in her office i don't know i'm not gonna i won't judge she just wants to gloat isn't she she's, I'm planning, she's <laughs> playing a special day with her sweet baby is what it is yeah that that nickname caught me off guard yeah <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what i thought because obviously you recorded some episodes with barry a few weeks ago yeah i thought finally part one and finally part two were gonna be the end of robin colcord now he's back. 
quite surprised to see Rebecca stuck with him after catching him with a French consulate, I want to say. Uh, Carla brings her up in this episode. Yeah. Not, not no, I don't know. It's, it's not great. <laughs> he is not a good man. No, he's not. We, we knew he was a bit slimy. We didn't know how until until that episode. I'm surprised he's still in this episode, but I'm surprised Rebecca's still infatuated with him and calling him sweet baby. And as if to prove this, he says that he's not doing any business that day. So no business day, day off day. Then he makes a phone call and he lied. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I, I definitely empathize with Rebecca at that point. Do you know what I, I do think about that though? Yeah. If he had went, I've got the whole day, but I've just got to make this one phone call. I would have been like, fair play, you know, you've got important calls. Make this one now and we'll head off. Yeah, exactly. But he, he didn't. But it seems like they've got a jam-packed day planned by Rebecca, which she said she's been planning since her first day of puberty, I think she says. Yeah. A day which has been a long time in the making and she's really excited for it. So much so she's got Woody to iron as a sort of almost photo shoots worth of clothing mm. for each event of the day, which we find out Woody's spat on all of them. Oh, that's what Robin likes to see. Mm, Rebecca, what's that fragrance? <laughs> oh, it's it's Woody spit. Mm. <laughs> but if we put that to the side, it's a lovely day. <laughs> yes. There's only one thing which gets in the way and that's... Robin's competitive edge. He finds out there's a, a game of darts going on in the pool room of cheers between Fraser and Norm, and he wants in on it. He wants to play a game. I was going to say to to defy stereotypes, but it seems he's almost playing into them. But he uh, does a lovely little sort of phrase or monologue to talk about some of the stereotypes of British people within maybe American media. He's not far from it. Mr. Colcourt. You English guys, you, you play darts a lot, don't you? Oh yes, we English do nothing but sit around in pubs, sipping thick warm ale, throwing darts incessantly, dropping our H's and singing God Save the Queen. That's all we do in England. A very London accent. Yeah, it's a London accent. Also Yorkshire, they drop their H's, don't they? Do they? Yeah, like T. Well, that's a T. No, T as opposed to the. Oh, okay. No. I was thinking more like a sort of half, you know? Instead of half. Yeah. Have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Troy and I, when we're, when we're on the drinking, we go more, we go more stereotypical London. Yeah, you've seen it. <laughs> you've seen Troy and I do that. Yeah, I have sing, singing God Save the Queen all the time. Yeah, don't sing it anymore, <laughs> do we? Don't sing that anymore. No. It's, it's just a yes, James. You are correct. We don't sing that anymore because it's not a queen anymore. I don't think it's a controversial question. Tonight, <laughs> <laughs> to sort of stop stop the flow for a beat. Then no. um, Woody doesn't seem to get Robin's humour, which I think is really sort of endearing. Uh, and Robin doesn't quite know how to react to that. It's a very dry humour that Robin has, and I think again a stereotype of the difference between. American and British comedy, where British comedy can be very dry, very deadpan. Mm. Um, you look at the two versions of The Office, for example. Norm has a great line to Robin where he says, I'll play you for a beer. Uh, and it's a line we saw just moments earlier to Fraser, where we find out that Norm isn't saying he, as a bet, he means you buy me a beer and I'll play you. Yeah, which I got a darts game coming up at the weekend. Oh. <laughs> You know, all I'm, all I'm saying, John, is, you know, I'm a cheap man. 
you know, buy, buy, <laughs> buy me a beer and I'll let you win. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll say, don't use that. The way Norm did it was much more subtle. Don't walk up to someone and go, I'm a cheap man. <laughs> don't, don't lead with that, James. <laughs> Every man has his price. And <laughs> but um, Carla starts talking to Sam and saying, oh, Robin and Norm are playing together. But, you know, Norm's not the best darts player in the bar. We all know who it is. It's you, Sam. And uh, Sam again has a lovely line. Yeah, well, we all know that Norm isn't the best darts player in the bar. And we all know who is, don't we, Sammy? Uh, no, no, I don't want to play him. I mean, it's one thing when you play friends. It's kind of fun. You know, but when you start playing people you don't like, other things kind of enter in. You start thinking about those times that he screwed you out of all that money. Or how he uh, beat you to Rebecca after you worked on her for all those years. And how he always makes you kind of feel like a stupid know-nothing jerk with lousy clothes and a stupid job. You know something? I'm going to kick that guy's voice. And it kind of, in that little moment, we kind of get a, a recap of what, half a season of stuff Robin's done? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Colcord's best hits. <laughs> Worst hits, I'd say. Worst hits. Robin, yeah. Colcord, Robin Colcord's greatest mistakes. So it spurs Sam on to go th- full throttle and, and sort of beat him at all these, these games, really. We cut to a little bit later and they've been having a game against each other. Yeah. And Sam's been thrashing him. Sam's been thrashing him, but he, they say that Sam needs to hit the bullseye to win. Mm. So it's not that much of a thrash because he needs a high score. But not the highest yeah, score. But he gets the bullseye. That means he's been playing with Robin at this point. Yeah, exactly. He's that confident he can give Robin a lead, but get the yeah. exact score he needs, you know? Didn't, didn't they do the same kind of thing in um, Ted Lasso? Where they, because Ted's American, they challenge him to darts and they've been putting him down for a long time. And then Ted's talking about when he was a kid and people used to make fun of him, right? Mm. And his dad would take him out to a bar and uh, they played darts and he needs triple 20, does Mm. Ted, if I remember correctly. And he's talking and he says, you know, my dad used to take me out to play darts. One, 20. (laughs) And he goes, he was a good man, you know, and through that, I really got along with him and got to know him better as a person. Second 20 goes in. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, and then I forgot the final line, but he basically says, and he's been an inspiration to me for all this time. And then the third 20 goes in. Yeah. <laughs> well played, Ted. A lovely bit of bully, that's what I'd yeah. say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a moment where Sam's been able to flourish at what he does well and have a one-up on Robin. And what we find out about Robin is he doesn't take losing particularly well. No, well, he didn't he say, no, he didn't say, but other other businessmen and cheers have said they're not used to losing or mm. they're not used to not getting what they want. Something of that ilk. He's very much in the mind frame of one more game, one more game, yeah. one more yeah. game. And this time they put money on the game, James. Yeah. I, uh, I've put in my notes, Sammy needs a bullseye to win the darts game. And then, uh, speaking of accents earlier, he only bloody does it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Perfect, I think. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> and I think that's the vibe of the whole bar at this point. They're all yeah. on Sam's side. Robin's very much 
a lone wolf in this bar. No, no one's it's... really screaming his name to back him. No. After having won the darts game, they play a game of pool, don't they? Which has a great shot from the table's point of view as they're both uh, about to strike <laughs> the white ball to decide who goes first. It's a problem they never called it. Yeah. <laughs> Wager a dollar? But once they've put this bet on of one dollar, uh, Robin says, uh, a real sportsman wouldn't consider it a lousy book, but a trophy, something to be held over the vanquished, a symbol of victory. And sounds like no one will get that excited over a dollar. Jump cut. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, the, my favourite performance in this jump cut is Frasier, who is, is he's leading this line of people singing. All right. Flag for break. Well, I can't understand why anyone would get that excited about winning a dollar. I don't feel bad, Robin. You'd have beat him if you'd called that last shot. Yeah. You mean the one that ricocheted off that mailman's head? And it's a great song, and I miss it. I watched this episode, uh, and you know, you don't hear it as much as sports games anymore. But it is a good song, isn't it? Do you know, my my head went back to The Simpsons. Yeah. Well, it was because it was released, Nana Heim Hey by Steve, released in 69. Definitely the song which the characters in The Simpsons and Cheers remember from when they were young. Mm, I see you've done your research too, James. I've been doing some research as well. James, do you know the meaning of the song? Nana Hey Hey kiss him goodbye yeah uh well he's leaving uh and uh you gotta be kissed no it's <laughs> it's actually quite on theme with the episode oh yeah the, the song itself was written about a love triangle yeah and it's kiss him goodbye leave him come with me oh yeah it's deep yeah although saying that also the story of when it was written was it was originally just like a throwaway b-sides where they didn't have lyrics, but they had na na na, and then they nah, didn't nah, nah. because it was just a B side. They went, yeah, let's keep that. What can That's we do good. next? And just went, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so very fitting with this episode and the sort of themes of uh, Robin, Sam, Rebecca, love triangle. Yes, and uh, there's quite a good quote. This is from DiCarlo who uh, helped write the song, he said, anyone who's been in a love triangle can identify with this, trying to make a girl realise that he's not the guy for her. Which I think, you know, it's a throwaway and it's obviously there for the sports connotations of how it was sort of sang at sports games to sort of rile up the opposing teams. But I think this sort of brings it back to the the theme of the song a little bit. But I tell you what, the song went to uh, number one on the billboards and uh, surpassed any expectation for a, a, a lowly B-side that they thought was throwaway and couldn't be bothered to replace the Hey Hey Hey's and Na Na Na's. Now, James, we've, we've talked a lot about Steam and uh, Na 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 Na. Yeah. Hey Hey, goodbye. Yeah, hey. Uh, <laughs> but James, we forgot something. Yes. Rebecca. <laughs> oh, you yeah, have forgotten her, but she shows up, don't she? She shows up while they're playing darts. She comes in and she uh, says to Robin, sort of like, I'm here. And he goes, yes. oh, let's go to the beach. And she went, I've been. Because <laughs> why did you tell me? She went, I did. And we find out she's lived down her sort of childhood fantasy of a romantic day with Woody. Oh, yeah. I think that's a much better day than going out with uh, Robin Colcourt. Woody would treat you right. 
Ain't no doubt about that. <laughs> Robin feels threatened, doesn't he? That they're all chanting for Sam. Mm. And we should say Rebecca runs off quickly because she realizes she buried Woody up to his neck in the sand. <laughs> so Woody is trapped. Yeah. The game is won. Game of pool is won when Cliff gets hit by the eight ball. Gets a concussion, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and he starts uh, repeating himself a little bit, which worries Frasier. Yeah, he just goes, let's go for a little fun trip to the emergency room. And Cliff goes, yeah, okay. <laughs> Who won the game? He'll never find out, I don't think. Robin's loss again spurs him on to challenge Sam. Not for a dollar this time, James. A week's wage. A week's wage. Ooh, that sounds like a lot of money. Mm, and it is, especially to Sam. A week's wage to Sam is... Ah, well, mass wasn't my forte. But nevertheless, it's it's quite a big deal to Sam, but he's he's kind of confident and he can see the benefit in winning. He sees that Robin earns a lot, you know. And uh, if he can beat Robin at whatever game it is, he will earn enough to buy back Cheers, which is his sort of ultimate goal, his driving factor of this season. And this is an opportunity to be able to finance that dream. He thinks that a week's worth of Robin's wages will give him enough of the... Um down payment for Cheers. Yeah. There's only one problem, James. It's chess. Chess. <laughs> yeah. The game... <laughs> We've seen Frasier and Woody play chess, haven't we? Yeah, and Woody was yeah. surprisingly good. Uh, Sam's not familiar with the rules of chess, but that's Robin's game of choice. Sam's agreed and figures how hard can it be kind of idea. We've never played chess, you and me. I've not together, no. This. No, I've played it with Troy a couple of times. Are you good at chess, James? I'm competent. I'm pretty good. I believe that. Yeah, I've, we play. I've played board games with John, and he's a sly, <laughs> competitive little creature. <laughs> it's, chess is a tactical game as well. So you, it is. Yeah. Like I'll, you saw me play the the cheers board game where I you thought I was losing. No, tactics. You us all. I took all your 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 chips. I don't know what they were called in the end. Well, you stole them. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> James answered all the questions right. I tipped a norm. <laughs> well, I'll, have, I'll have your, I'll have your prizes. <laughs> but this is what uh, Sam doesn't have the confidence that he's going to win this just off merit alone. No. And uh, this is where a bit of an appreciation for Pete, because he's yeah. been rising through the ranks of this season. I'd say. Well, yeah, Pete. I think we'll go on to why Pete was uh, deserves special appreciation. But the people in this episode, of course, he got Roger Reese as Robin Colcord, Mark Arnott as Mark. This is his last episode. Uh, Tim Cunningham is Tim, and Philip Pullman is uncredited as Phil. I don't want to make assumptions, but I'm guessing he's in retirement. And if I was retired, and I just sat on the set of Cheers all day, that'd be a good life. <laughs> I'd go, re- real beer here though, please. None of that Apple stuff. You've already said Peter Schreiner is Pete, because it's all in the bar this episode. He's been coming, he got, Norm got his name wrong at one point, I'm pretty sure, or Fraser did. Fraser's called him the wrong name, but he's there. <laughs> but at this point, he's a staple in the bar. And I think this is probably the one of the first moments where he's really sort of um, become part of the narrative, not in so much in a throwaway line, but... Well, yeah, it's, he, he's become necessary for the, the narrative, mm. but also he reveals some disturbing facts about his home life. Mm. Yeah. He's got a cheating partner, I believe. She, in his own words, sleeps around a lot. So he's bought a lot of... Uh, Transmission equipment, as in, uh, what's it called? Transceivers, radio transceivers. Yeah. yeah. 
We won't delve too much into that, but what it does no, allow they them don't to do, either. <laughs> well, what it does allow them to do is give Sam notes on how to play chess whilst they run a computer simulation of their game to give him the perfect uh, counter to Robin. Have you read or watched Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three? Ah, yes, I've seen. I've seen the miniseries. Yeah, and in the book and miniseries, this English teacher from what the mid twenty tens, early twenty tens goes back in time to the 60s and finds some cheap audio equipment so he can spy on his neighbour, Lee Harvey Oswald. So it seems one could get audio spy equipment fairly easily. (laughs) (laughs) What's this for? Definitely not spying. (laughs) Well, Sam has a cunning trick whilst he's playing Robin, which is to pretend he's listening to the basketball game on a cassette tape. (laughs) Look like a cassette tape to me. You've heard the meme about <laughs> Kelly Rowland annoyed her boyfriend, hasn't texted her back, but it's because she messaged him on an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I forgot which music video it's in, but you know that meme. Yeah. <laughs> but then, well, Robin doesn't get too fooled by this because Sam is very over-eagerly doing it, but then also hitting moves with precision, which Robin kind of just deduced that Sam doesn't really know the game because he doesn't know the pieces. So how could he know? The horse he moved in an L shape. <laughs> uh, Rebecca returns to the bar after saving Woody and she goes straight into her office after seeing Robin and Sam playing a game of chess. She's pretty annoyed at this point. She goes into the office and sees them all around the office computer talking to Sam. And Norm very nonchalantly says, oh, we're trying to help Sammy cheat so he can win back the money and buy the bar. Yeah, fair enough. Rebecca's not phased by this and says, can you help him cheat quicker? They try, don't they? Mm. They try to help him uh, cheat quicker, but technical problems. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Norm blames the fact that his beer tab is so big on the computer that it makes it turn off and, and break. <laughs> and that they should delete it. It's ready to save the computer. But Sam is alone. He's got no help now. The computer's down. Yes, you're on your own, Sam. It's, yeah, it's just like Apollo, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you mentioned Woody and Frasier's game together. And Frasier called Woody an idiot savant in this situation. And Sam kind of has that same, I wouldn't say it's a stroke of luck because he understood the rules, you know. Uh, Does he? Well, he said he knows it enough to call it as a checkmate, you know. Yes. And he says, he goes, I'll move my horsey here. And goes, oh, and I think that's checkmate. And Robin's flummoxed by this. Well, at first he makes a really stupid move. That stupid move. <laughs> but Robin thinks, no, there's no way he'd make a move that stupid. He must be up to something. Essentially, I think he could have stopped the game there if, you know, he realised how stupid Sam actually was. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of throws Robin off. He makes a counter move, opens up the board to Sam, who gets him in checkmate and wins the game. And you, you parodied him there, you impersonated him there, and he goes, stupid move. Who made him tell, who told you to do that stupid move? And goes around the bar. He's very aware that Sam had been getting radio signals to tell him what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam's got a great line here where he says, sometimes incredibly stupid is clever enough for me, which I think is a great line. Sometimes he does come out with good stuff, like, uh, what does a stuffed shirt know about blue collar poetry? That was a Sam line. I think that's, it's a really great moment. And Sam says to Robin, you knew I was cheating. You let me play. I won fair and square because of that. You owe me the money. 
And this is where uh, it's kind of, what, what would you call it? A sort of, it's Robin's attitude to... Robin knew what he was doing when he made the bet, didn't he? Yeah, it's it's a very sly move. He would have made Sam pay a week's wage. Yes. But it's very snide. Snide's the word, James. It's a very snide move where he says, ha ha ha, my week's wage is one penny. And we'll play the quote because I think it does it more justice of how snide it really was. If you knew this game was fixed, then how come you went along with it? Are you joking? That was the only thing about the game that held any challenge for me, Samuel. Okay, so you knew it was fixing it. You went ahead and played. I say that I won fair and square. You owe me one week's salary. Come on, bud, and don't uh, leave out any of those little zeros there. Oh, right, you are, Sam. Um, I must preface this by saying that um, in order to keep my tax bracket low, I am a corporation, and the nominal salary I pay myself as president of that corporation is $1 a year, which means that uh, my weekly salary after taxes is... One penny. Yeah. That man. (laughs) But I tell you what, James, the counter to this, if this was a chess game, the queen comes in. She does. From the back of the bar with like a slow clap almost, walking from the darkness to shame them all. One penny. Sam, you used all this electronic paraphernalia to cheat and what did it get you? One penny. (laughs) And you, Robin, you take the one day off that you've had in years, and what do you do with it? You spend the whole day fighting over one penny. (laughs) And what about me? You take the one day that I have always dreamed about, and you turn it into the most depressing, pathetic day of my life. She forces them to both apologise. And they do, sort of. I've got a a note here, James. And I said, Sam didn't need to apologise. He he could do what he wanted. I don't think he needed to. (laughs) I don't think he did anything wrong. But he apologised more than uh, Robin did. Yeah, yeah. You were right. Your prediction was right early doors of this season. He will become the villain. Yeah, yeah. more so than I ever thought. He's still here now. But this is the thing. Sam apologised... Robin apologised, but then he went straight into another thumb war. So, it just cleared it with thespionic bombast. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, you know, he hasn't learned anything. I don't quite know how I feel about this ending, James. I think Sam has the mole victory. Na 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 na. Before we uh, move to trivia, James, because I can, I can hear some footsteps coming down on the stairs towards the door. Uh, we should also mention that Rebecca makes Woody cry. Yeah, because she said that she spent the worst day of her life. <laughs> Bit mean, isn't it? It is very mean, yeah. <laughs> That's the trivia ball, James. All right, Cliff. You've not done much this week. Yeah. All right, then. Bye. Not chatty this week, John. No, he'd, uh, he's normally got a lot more facts. But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. Uh, we talked about Rebecca's perfect day. She got to live it out with Woody. She said it was the most depressing day of her life, but Woody had a good time. What did they do? Oh, they went to the beach and the zoo and the opera. Mm-hmm. They saw the Phantom of the Opera. Ah, oh, yes. And then they also went paddle boats. That's they went nice. on some paddle boats and, and they went a picnic in the park. I don't know if they did the romantic evening. I don't think they did. No. Follow up question. 
what is Rebecca wearing for the end of her romantic evening? Uh, well, just an empty, empty hanger. I thought you were going to say nothing at all. <laughs> Woody, I like Woody's approach to the, the logic approach of going, are you going to forget your keys and have to unlock your car? <laughs> <laughs> okay, James, you, if you watch the episodes, this won't help you. Nah, nah, hey, hey, kiss him goodbye. Landed number one for two weeks on Billboard. On the, on the US billboard, uh, knocking out a song in 1969. What did it knock out? Or, or, or just I'll take the band. Or artists. 1969. Um, that's a good question. Is it of particular note in relevance to this episode, or is it just a band? It's, it's, it's not particular note, but it's like a sort of, oh, that's pretty, that's, that's cool. I would guess you're looking at something very mainstream in the late 60s, so it's going to... I'm going to say Rolling Stones? No, Steam, with Na Na Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye, knocked off the Beatles come together. Oh, See, Beatles was the other guess. It was going to be one of those two, wasn't it? The Beatles had one week at the top. Na Na Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye had two. Wow. Uh, only to be topped by leaving on a jet plane afterwards. That song's also on our playlist, by the way. And I'm sure Nana Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye will make an appearance on our playlist as well. Yes, it will. And if you want to listen to that playlist, it is Play It Again, Sam, the definitive Cheers playlist, now on Spotify. What is the name of Robin's girlfriend at the French consulate? Ah. Bonus points if you can say it Frenchly. I feel like it's got a rolling R, but I can't remember much else than that. It does have a rolling R. That's all I got for you, James, I'm afraid. (laughs) Jean-Marie. What sequence of moves does the computer program Sam to do? Ah, do you know, James, I've only got one uh, sequence of moves I know, which is the Queen's Gambit, but I know it's not it. It's not that one, no. The, the, the castle's swir- sweep? The castle's sweep. <laughs> swoop thy pawn. Um, no, it's, it's Alakine's defence. Ah. Yeah. I think the, the castle's swoop is much better. Yeah, it's not that one, though. Rebecca left Woody at the beach, buried up to his neck in sand. But which other Cheers cast member was buried up to their neck in sand in a different role? Oh, oh. Ted Danson? Yes. I can't remember what it was, though. Creep show. Ah, a good question, James. I like that. Last call, what are we having? Warm ale, I think, is something that Robin mentioned at one point. James, I think a fitting drink for this episode would be a bullseye beer cocktail. Oh, yes, of course. Lovely stuff. Mmm, that's a lovely bit of bully. (laughs) An ounce of light beer, a cup of lime juice, or uh, sorry, a a third of a cup of lime juice, some ginger ale, white sugar, and a lime slice of a garnish. Mmm, not bad at all. It's uh, it's like uh, your Coronas or your Blue Moon, where they put a bit of citrus in your beer. A little, yeah, a little bit of fruit in your in your beer. A, a beer cocktail. I think that sounds nice for this episode. Yes. I think we can toast Sam and Robin's competitive spirit. I think Woody deserves a mention this episode as well for, yeah, he got buried alive as well. Yeah, but, you know, I think he was retrieved and he took Rebecca to everything she wanted to do. Or almost everything. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, do you know what? MVP of the episode to Woody Boyd, I reckon. Let's toast our bullseyes cocktails and say, thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. 